Welcome, 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 women, to another exciting episode of Relentless, the podcast. I am your host, Dr. Janae Bryce, and it is my pleasure to share with you today. We are relentless. Why? Because we can't stop. We don't stop. We won't stop searching the unsearchable riches of the word of God as we endeavor to get help for our everyday lives. I'm excited about what the Lord has to say today. So as is my custom, I'd like to give my shout out to those churches, organizations, associations, nonprofits who have helped me down through the years by inviting me, whether to share a word of poetry, preach on a Sunday morning, celebrate annual days or anniversaries, whatever it has been. I am just overjoyed to have been invited. So my shout out today goes out to Providence Baptist Church. In Richmond, California, Pastor and First Lady A.L. Cobbs Jr., it has been my pleasure to share with you down through the years, whether it was to the women or to the youth. I am grateful to have been a part of whatever the Lord was doing at the time. And it is my hope that in the future, the Lord will order our steps toward one another again. God bless you. I want to say, like Paul said to the church at Philippi, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Now, this word for today um, is, is really an exceptional one, especially as it relates to my own life. Um, we'll be coming from Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And again, we'll be reading out of the King James Version of the New Testament scriptures. And it reads as thus. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. So with those scriptures in mind, we're going to talk today about run, woman, run. (laughs) Tell yourself, run, woman, run. And think about your best girlfriend and those family members you want to encourage. Tell them, run, woman, run. So we have three points, and then we're going to be right out of your way. Point number one, look at the witnesses. Look at verse one, the A portion. Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Now, A witness is a person who sees an event, such as a crime or an accident, and can therefore render testimony concerning it. One more time. A witness is a person who sees an event, such as a crime or an accident, and can therefore render testimony concerning it. One can only testify to what one has actually experienced for oneself. Can I get a witness? And testimony is only credible as the one giving it. And testimony is only as credible as the one giving it. (laughs) So, for example, never take advice from someone who does not know. You ever seen somebody who just knows everything about everything, but not really? 
Telling somebody how to raise their kids and you ain't raised now one. Now one. That, that, that's from my southern roots. Now one. <laughs> See, listen, to someone who has been through it, they will know how to do it. They then can therefore render testimony. I said someone who's been through it <laughs> can tell you how to do it. They then can render not only testimony, but credible testimony. What do you mean, Sister Bryce? I'm saying the writer here in Hebrews is letting us know that we are not in this thing by ourselves. Others have been through it. And even though they have gone on to be with the Lord, they are still cheering us on. They are such a great cloud of witnesses. The writer is telling us that there is a multitude of saints who died trusting in God. And though they died before receiving the promise, they walked by faith. And when someone has already been where you are now, you can trust them. Throwing this in for free. That's why we need the testimony of seasoned saints. Come on, from mothers of the church to tell us that holiness is still right and God is still on the throne. And even though it looks dark and dreary, especially in what we're dealing with today, 2020, keep the faith, baby. The Lord will make a way somehow. We leaned and depended on the mothers of the church to tell us it's going to be all right. And again, if you remember, that's why when Mary found out she was going to carry the Christ child, what did she do? She ran straight to Elizabeth's house. Tell your sister, every Mary needs an Elizabeth. And every Elizabeth needs a Mary. Every older woman needs a younger one to speak into. And every younger woman needs an older woman to listen to. She ran straight to Elizabeth's house. Someone who has been there done that and can rejoice with you as you walk by faith. And let, let me throw this in too. Here's your assignment for the week. Call some of the old mothers in your church and love on them. Appreciate them because the isolation and being shut up in your home does different things to different people. Check on our seasoned saints. Call them up. If they can text, text them. If you want to go by, call first and wave from the street corner. Tell them you're thinking about them. We don't want to put anybody's health in jeopardy or at risk, but let them know. Reach out. Send them a note. Get their address. Send them a card. Tell them I'm thinking about you at such a time as this. We need someone to tell us, don't you give up. Don't you give in. You got a great cloud of cheerleaders in the bleachers and saints in the stands telling you you've come too far to turn back now. Your living is not in vain. Hold on. Help is on the way. Tell yourself when the going gets tough, you've got to look to the witnesses. Now, again, can I get a witness? I can't hear you, but I believe you're hollering back at me. Point number one, look to the witnesses, people who have been there and done that, and they are still standing. Their testimony is still sure. We need somebody to tell us how they got along, how they made it during an economic turndown, how they made it through the era of racial injustice and indifference and intolerance. We need to know. Give us some of the tools you worked with to build what you now stand on. 
look to the witnesses. Secondly, lose the weight. Lose the weight. Verse 1b. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin that doth so easily beset us. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Now, this is a tough one. Because anytime we start talking about weight loss, it gets quiet, almost like we're talking about money. <laughs> Come on. Weight, then, is defined as the heaviness of a person or a thing. Now, physically, weight is um, determined by the amount of gravity pulling one toward the earth. This amount is measured in pounds. Again, physically, it's determined by the amount of gravity pulling one toward the earth. This amount is measured in pounds. There is a correlation between, one, between one's height, one's age, and one's weight. And using a specific formulation, doctors can determine what is called one's BMI, or body mass index, to tell whether one is carrying too much weight for their frame. Now, if you feel like me about the BMI, I think it's TMI, just too much information. And sometimes they don't have it right. <laughs> but the body mass index is a way that doctors can tell whether or not you're carrying too much weight for your frame and thus being unhealthy. Uh-oh. <laughs> Let me throw this in for free. The quarantine 15 is real. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Days of sedentary living. Come on, not much physical exercise. Come on, too much eating and not enough moving. Come on. Although it's not really one's fault that we can't get outside and do what we normally do. And we who live in Northern California, huh, we have a double, double whammy. Because now we're dealing with the residue and the ash and the particulates of the, in the air due to wildfires. So if you happen to be asthmatic like myself, that's a no-no going out into the atmosphere. So it causes you, number one, to stay inside, but it forces you to move while you're inside. Tell your sister, keep it moving. Don't let this be the reason. Just because you can't go outside does not mean you can't exercise. Tell your sister, move something. You got to move something. Physically, carrying too much weight can be detrimental to one's health. It can cause pain in the joints. Come on, ligaments, tendons, and bones, especially the knees. It can also cause the organs to be stressed and the heart to work too hard. Carrying too much weight physically is not good. We can all agree with that. Now, of course, that's physically. But the same thing is true in the spirit. Come on, carrying too much weight spiritually is just as bad. What do you mean, Sister Bryce? I mean, holding on to grudges can give you high blood pressure. Come on, keeping secrets can give you ulcers. And unforgiveness can give you insomnia. Mm -hmm. Why you up worrying about the fact that they don't speak to you, they don't like you, they talking about you. Uh -huh. They getting a good night's sleep and ain't thought another thing about it. Tell your sister, go to sleep. Now tell yourself, go to sleep. Let it go. Let it go. Now am I saying it's easy? I'm not. But I'm saying <laughs> better let it go than to let it consume you. 
Carrying around unforgiveness, bitterness, and unresolved anger becomes a weight that drags down the believer and causes them to start off running. Yeah, you start off running, but, but before you know it, you begin to walk. And from walking, you begin to slow to a crawl. And then, ultimately, you discover you've stopped altogether. Stop coming to Bible study. And maybe we can't get into the building. But there's Bible study online. Come on here. Stop coming to church. Now, granted, again, we may have some issues getting into the building. But how many, how many know that the church is in us? We are. The church of God. We are. He lives inside of us. You can still have Bible study. You can, you can have church in your living room. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go on and praise him right where you are. Some of us won't evangelize or tell anyone else about the goodness of the Lord. Because we're so burdened down that it's not. <laughs> it's not that you won't run. But it's been so long now you can't run. You've lost the joy of your salvation. You've lost the desire to tell somebody about how good God is. And I'm going to throw this in for free. I understand. Because dealing with what we're dealing with in 2020, it's enough to depress you. Mm -hmm. It's enough to cause you to just hold up and, and quit. Just about stop. And many of us are dealing with um, the effects of the isolation in, in different ways. That's why we need to reach out to one another. Let your sister know you're not going to quit and fall out and, and perish. Not on my watch. Mm -mm. It's time to get up. There's a lot to do. Get up, girl. You've been down too long. Tell your sister you can't run with all that weight. You got to drop it. You got to let it go. Um, let, let me throw this in too. There is a such thing as muscle atrophy. Muscle atrophy occurs from a lack of physical exercise. Not using the muscles enough. Using them, but not using them enough. The muscles are hardy parts of our bodies and they can handle being stretched, being prodded, being moved, being exerted. The muscles can handle it. So it is spiritually. The heart. Loving the unlovable causes it to grow. Come on. Using it. To express care and concern causes it to grow. Use that muscle. To encourage somebody. Use that muscle. To tell of the goodness of the Lord. Use that muscle for worship and praise to our worthy God. Use it. You don't want our mu your muscles to become atrophied. Because if so, it means there's a lack of use there. We have muscles and God intended for us to use them. Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? He would above all that we would prosper and be in health even as our souls prosper. Tell your sister, move it. Move it. Stretch. You ain't got to do 100 jumping jacks and 200 crunches. You don't have to do all of that. But stretch, move something, use your body, use it. God gave it to us to use it. So if you're with me, women, number one, we looked at the witnesses. Two, lose the weight. Three, live to win. 
live to win. Look at verse one, the latter portion. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. The Christian life is described as many things in scripture. It's described as a walk, for we walk by faith and not by sight. It's described as a fight. The Bible tells us to contend earnestly for the faith. Ephesians tells us that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. It's a fight. It's also described as a journey. The song says onward Christian soldiers. It's described as a war. Song said, I'm on the battlefield for my Lord. I promised him that I would serve him till I die. I'm on the battlefield for my Lord. But the writer today in Hebrews tells us it's also a race. Yes, it's a walk. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's a fight. Yes, it's a journey. Yes, it's a war, but it's also a race. According to the dictionary, race is defined as a competition between two or more to see which is the fastest in covering a set course. Mm -hmm. Tell yourself, I'm in it to win it. Just pat yourself on the shoulder, say, I'm in it to win it. Now, in order to compete in a race, runners have to train. You would be wise to train. They endure hours of practice. They change their diets in order to stay light on their feet. In other words, they must lose weight by eliminating some foods out of their diets and by increasing some other foods. That is to say, in other words, they must lose weight by eating bad stuff, but by increasing muscle by eating other things. It was interesting to note then that in order to race and do well, the smartest runners have an advantage. It's true that they have to lose weight by decreasing foods, but the smartest runners have a strategy. These runners do lose weight, but then they turn right around and purposely put weights back on. That is to say, they place weights on their ankles and sometimes on their wrists during practice. This is done to create resistance and thereby forcing the runner to push past that resistance while still maintaining speed and momentum. Mm -hmm. Tell your sister, maintain your momentum. Okay, let me, let me throw this in for free and I'm, I'm going to get right back to it. During this time of isolation and shutdown and being shut in, um, I decided that I would take up running. Now, I've never been a runner, never took track, never, never did track and field, none of that, because I've been asthmatic most of my life. And as an asthmatic, there are certain things you do that cause you to be winded. And I discovered running, just running by itself in my early years was very difficult for me. But being shut down and my gym being shut down and could not do the things I normally did. And I had such a routine and it just bothered me that I could not continue. Couldn't find a bike for the majority of the summer. I was just frustrated. I'm just, I, I'm talking about me now. This is my story. I'm telling it. So I decided that because I'd already been walking on the waterfront that I would just decide I'm going to kick it up a notch. Okay. So, some might say it's not really that wise for an asthmatic to decide to run during a pandemic. 
and you would be right. <laughs> there were many days when the particulates in the air and wearing that mask just made it difficult. But I decided I was going to keep on going. I'm going to keep on going. Now, when, if it got particularly difficult, like that one day when the sky was orange, yeah, I didn't, I didn't go out and do anything that day. But I decided to see how far I could go for how long and to push past the temptation just to stop. And what I discovered was I did not need my inhaler nearly as much. Though I got tired, I was surprised by my endurance because sometimes the obstacles represent opportunities and you won't know how far you can go until you go. You don't know if you can do it till you do it. What am I saying? There are obstacles. There are problems. There are issues. There are reasons. There are excuses for us to just stop, to sit down right where we are, never go any further. But the devil is a liar. You got this. You can do it. Why? Because there was a great cloud of witnesses cheering you on. And it's not too hard for you. You got this. You got to maintain your momentum. Despite the haters, maintain momentum. Despite the discouragement, maintain momentum. I know the times in which we live are, are, are tough times. I, I know. Those things we depended upon as outlets. That is to say our normal routines have been forever changed. Outlets. First syllable, out. Those things we did <laughs> by getting out have been cut short and by and large cut out. They've largely been decreased and on the decline. And what do you do when you can't find what you needed on the outside? You got to dig deep and find it on the inside. You need to encourage yourself. Find motivation to maintain momentum. Ooh, write that down. That's good. I said... <laughs> Find motivation, inner motivation to maintain your momentum. You got this, girl. And once you push past the limitations, once this is done successfully in practice, then that runner is ready for race day. Because if you can't go out, you got to look within. If you don't have the motivation from the outside, you've got to find it on the inside. <laughs> on race day. What is interesting to note is that they begin to disrobe. They begin to take off those things that were binding them. Sweats, shirts, jackets. They get down to the bare minimum so that they will be aerodynamic on the track. They don't have extra things weighing them down. <laughs> what? The Bible says we have to lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. The Bible is sharing with us that there are some things that slow us down. And what slows me down might not be what slows you down. But whatever it is, let it go. Tell your sister, let it go. And once they strip down to the bare minimum, now it's time to take off the weights that have so easily beset them because now it's time to run for real. Now, after I take off the sweats, the shirts and the jackets, if I was practicing with ankle weights, I take them off. If I was practicing 
with wrist weights. I take them off. And now I'm ready to run. Because I have laid aside the weights that so easily beset, encumbered, or burdened me. I'm ready now. I'm ready. Now they all get on their mark. All the runners get set. And all the runners go. And while each runner is running, at first it may not be readily apparent who has the upper hand. Oh, but if you keep watching, it'll become easier to see which one used the weights to her advantage. <laughs> which one voluntarily suffered through the pain, voluntarily skipped dessert, voluntarily put on more weights in practice. You'll be able to see which one endured the cramps and the charley horses. Come on, the sore, mus sore muscles and the skin splints. Come on, the ones who got up early and stayed late. And just like in the spirit, the same is true. You'll be able to see which sister's prayer life is increased. Who became better instead of bitter? Who endured hardness like a good soldier? Who is maintaining their momentum even in the time of a pandemic? You'll be able to see who's studying the word of God. Who is still calling on the Lord? Who's still maintaining momentum even at a time like this? Is. Which one learned how to keep on racing when loved ones left her? Which one kept on running when she felt like giving up? Which one persevered through the storm and the rain? Finding what she needed on the inside. Which one kept running when she was misunderstood? Lied on, cheated, talked about and mistreated, rebuked and scorned, talked about sure as you're born. This race is designed to see who will keep running though you feel like giving up. Tell your sister, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Come on, say it with me. The race is not given to the swift nor to the strong, but to the one who endures to the end. Tell your sister, get up. Now tell yourself, get up. Get on your mark. Get set. Now let's go. There's work to do. Keep running. There are loved ones to witness to. Keep running. There is a crown to receive. Keep running. You got to strip down. Throw it off. Throw off what, Sister Bryce? Strip off lying. Strip off hypocrisy. Strip off the lethargy and the depression that can so easily beset us in such a time as this. We don't have no time to be jealous of one another. Have no time to be envious. Slothful. Just because things look different don't mean you get to stop doing what you would be doing otherwise. Let it go. Set it free. Grudges, issues, anger. Get rid of everything that's not like God. And then you can run with patience the race that is set before you. What, what is the souvenir then, Sister Bryce? The souvenir is this. Run. Run. I know it gets hard. I know you want to quit. But we've got to run on and see what the end is going to be. Verse two, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. If Jesus endured the cross, surely we can endure what we have to face today. You got this, girl. You got this. God bless you. See y'all next week.
Welcome, 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 women, to another exciting episode of Relentless, the podcast. I am your host, Dr. Janae Bryce. Relentless, why? Because we can't stop. We don't stop. We won't stop searching the unsearchable riches of the wonderful, blessed, amazing Word of God to find help for our very lives. I'm excited about what the Lord is doing. I'm excited to share this word with you today. I'm just excited to be alive. God is awesome. I bless him because of what he's doing in the earth. Even right now at a time like this, we're going to jump in. (laughs) I'm excited. All right. As is my custom, I'd like to give a shout out to those churches, organizations, associations, nonprofits who have allowed me to share my gifts down through the years, whether it was a word of poetry, sharing on a Sunday morning, anniversaries, appreciations, uh, conventions, conferences, military services, whatever it has been. I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for allowing me to share So today's shout out goes to Maine Baptist Church in Aurora, Illinois, Pastor Julian Spencer, but especially to my friend, Lady Takesha Spencer. Much love and many prayers go out to you. I thank you because um, you trusted me on some very special occasions, anniversaries and first lady teas and I want to thank you for trusting me to share with the women of your church and with your church at large. So I say, like Paul said to the church at Philippi, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. I thank my God. So now jumping into the word of God. So again, as I was in prayer and meditation, um, seeking the Lord as to what to say today. The Lord directed me to a familiar passage of scripture, Jeremiah 29, 11 through 14. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 14. And I'll be reading from the King James Version and referencing the NIV. All right. That is the New International Version. All right. I'll be reading from Jeremiah 29, 11 through 14 from the King James Version of the Old Testament scriptures. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall ye call upon me and ye shall go and pray unto me and I will hearken unto you. And ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart and I will be found of you saith the Lord, and I will turn away your captivity and I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places whither I have driven you, saith the Lord, and I will bring you again into the place whence I caused you to be carried away captive. Again, reading verse 11, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. And with that, ladies, we're going to talk about women moving with God. Women moving with God. Now, now stay with me. It might not sound like it's going, but it's going. Women moving with God. So 
As always, I, I believe in trying to be an effective communicator. That is to say, I believe in trying to build a bridge from where the listeners are to where the speaker is, from the, where the speaker is to where the listeners are, so that communication flows freely. And we are all literally on the same page. It helps when we build a bridge. So one way to build that bridge is to define our terms. Women moving with God. Three words. Number one, women. Women, of course, plural of the noun woman. And again, you know by now, according to Webster's Dictionary, the word woman is defined as an adult female person. But those of you who've been listening to me for any length of time, you know I've got a much better definition than that. Some years ago, by the aid of the Holy Spirit, he gave me this definition for woman. That mature member of the female persuasion whose stripes have been earned by the lesson she's learned. One more time. That mature member of the female persuasion whose stripes have been earned by the lessons she's learned. It means she's been there and done that. Come on. <laughs> Bought the T-shirt and wrote the book. And I wrote two books. Amen. It means every wrinkle she's earned it. Every gray hair she's earned it. If she's gained a few pounds, she's earned that too. Just by virtue of living, she's earned it. It's interesting to note. These are things that we should know, but it's just interesting to pluck out these truths that women then are the opposite of men. <laughs> Can I get a witness? <laughs> Where men are straight, women have curves. Where men are visual, women are verbal. <laughs> Don't get mad. It's the truth. <laughs> women are also different than girls. And it's one thing I, I like to say, and I got in some trouble with this some years back. Where girls read recipes, women write them. And where girls can only see, you know, to the corner, a woman can see to the corner, up the street, and around that thing. Why? Because she's got some experience, some education, some exposure. Been there, done that. That's why she's not so easily impressed with the things that impress girls. Come on. And we're not mad because we were once girls. However, you live and learn. <laughs> Pat yourself on the shoulder and say, you live and learn. <laughs> Absolutely. There are some things she can spot from a mile away. That's why she can pass down some lessons to the younger ones and let them know, no, he's not the one. No, I know, I know he got light eyes and curly hair, but he's not the one. No, I know he's saying all the right things, but he ain't the one. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You need to go back down. You need to spend some more time in prayer. <laughs> but one other notable thing about the word women is, again, it is plural. And it lets us know that we are not by ourselves. We are not alone. We are in this thing together. Tell your sister, even though she's not there, just shout it out. We're in this together. We are in this together. Women what? Moving. Moving. Root word, move. A verb, action word. It means to go from place to place. And, and we're not talking about just any kind of movement. 
Because you can sit in a rocking chair and move. Doesn't mean you're going anyplace. You can be on a treadmill moving, but you're not going anyplace. This moving means progress. The Bible says we move from one good degree of grace to another. We, we go from glory to glory. We are making progress, going somewhere. Whenever you move with God, you are going somewhere. There's always upward mobility. You remember David, don't you? Move from being a shepherd boy to the king of Israel. You do remember Mary, don't you? She went from being a lowly maiden and ended up carrying the Christ child who would one day carry our sins away. Come on. You remember Joseph, don't you? Not Mary's Joseph, but the other Joseph who was hated by his brothers. Come on. Remember him? Thrown in a pit, then thrown in prison, but he ended up being Second in command to the Pharaoh, because God, when he moves, he moves you upward. And lastly, you do remember Jesus, don't you? Went from being born in a manger to being savior of the world. When you move with God, there's always upward mobility. You're always going up. You're always going somewhere. And we said it is moving The suffix on the end, I-N-G, means continuous movement. In this case, continuous momentum. Energy to move forward. The Spirit of God propelling you to move on up a little higher. (laughs) That's why we don't worry about our haters. Because hater rhymes with elevator. (laughs) Tell your neighbor, going up. I said, hater rhymes with elevator. Write that down. (laughs) Now ask your neighbor, going up? Because I'm going up. I moved from my old house and I moved from my old friends. I moved from my old way of life. Thank God I moved out to a brand new life. I'm not just marking time. I'm moving up. Come on. Women moving with who? God. God. Creator and sustainer of heaven and earth. Elohim, the triune God, God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy Spirit, three in one. He is Jehovah, the Lord, the self-existent one, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides Jehovah Shalom, the God of peace, Jehovah Shammah, the Lord who is here, El Shaddai, the strong and mighty one. He sticks closer than a brother. We talking about God. We're talking about God. So women moving with God. And so by the aid of the Holy Spirit, we're going to jump right in um, with three points and be out of your way. But let's get this straight up front. There's something about women who move with God. There's something about a woman who is in sync with the Savior. Come on. Point number one. What is it about these women? They trust in God. They trust in God. Verse 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. They trust in God. Trust to put confidence in, to believe in. Because see, if I'm going with you, I've got to trust you. (laughs) 
That's like getting in the car with somebody you don't hardly know. No, darling. Mm-mm. First of all, you ain't driving. And second of all, you're not getting in here with me. I don't know you. <laughs> to put confidence in, to believe in. See, you can't trust everybody. And you can't trust just anybody. The Lord says you can trust me. Psalm 118, 8 and 9 says, it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. Come on, pat yourself on the shoulder and say, he won't let you down. Verse 11 again, I know the thoughts I think toward you. See, you got the blessing in moving with God is that he knows where he's going. He knows. We trust him because he knows. The old song says, I will trust in the Lord. I will trust in the Lord. I will trust in the Lord till I die. Jeremiah is letting the reader know that God can be trusted to keep his word. Why? Because the word says, God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said it and shall he not do it? Shall he not make it good? Believe it because he said it. God said it and that settles it. He said it. He says, I know (laughs) the thoughts that I think toward you, said the Lord. Thoughts of peace. Come on here. And not of evil to give you an expected end. I want somebody who knows the end from the beginning. And that would be God. Why? Because he is Alpha and Omega. I'm going with him. I'm sticking with you. I'm going to stick with you. (laughs) The song says, I trust in God wherever I may be, on land or out on the sea. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. Tell yourself you can trust God. I know. In this time of COVID-19, global pandemic and global panic and frustration and segregation and racial tension. I know. I know, but I'm still going to trust in God. Why? Because he said I could. And he knows the thoughts that he thinks toward me. Thoughts of peace in the midst of confusion. Peace in the midst of chaos. Peace in the midst of confusion. I'm trusting God. See, see, and let me throw this in for free. See, people won't mean to let you down. They will have good intentions. They're not, they're not trying to frustrate you or anger you or disappoint, disappoint you. But the song says, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. I dare not trust, there it is, the sweetest frame, but holy lean. On Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Yes, even in a time of COVID-19, find Jesus and stand on him. So women who move with God, they trust in God. They just put all their weight on him. They can lean on him. Just put put it all on him. Put it all on him. Because not only does he see what you're going through, he cares what you're going through. And not only that, he can do something about it. That's who I'm trusting. 
Come on here. I know the thoughts that I think toward you. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. I don't care what everybody else's intentions are. God's intentions are peace and not of evil. Trust God. For he sees, he knows, he cares, and he's going to do something about it. Trust in him. Him only. Come on. So, all right. Women who move with God, trust in God. Secondly, women who move with God, call on him. They call on God. Look at verse 12. Then shall ye call upon me and ye shall go and pray unto me and I will hearken unto you. Verse 12. In the English language, to call means, come on, to make a deliberate and clear summons for someone or something. All right. Again, in the English language, to call means to make a deliberate and clear summons for someone or something. In the military, it's known as reveille, a clarion or signal on a bugle to wake up and get busy. If there is an emergency, we call 911 or the ambulance or the fire department, something. Some first responder. Thank God for first responders. In the original Hebrew, to call literally means to roar. Come on. Stay with me. I just blessed my socks off. That in the original Hebrew, to call literally means to roar. Let me throw this in. Women who move with God are constantly under attack from Satan, the enemy. Come on. He attacks mainly in the mind. Causing doubt, fear, depression. Come on. And, and while I know we won't always be resting on, you know, flowery beds of ease, things won't always go our way. But Satan has a way of magnifying problems. Come on, it can be bad, but it ain't that bad. Somebody said, and I remember this um, from years ago. If it ain't fatal, it ain't final. So if we still breathing, we've got another chance. Tap yourself on the shoulder and say, I still, I've got another chance. So, so back to the fact that in the Hebrew, to call means to roar. We are constantly under attack from the enemy. Now, um, we can't fight him by ourselves. So every now and then we have to call, come on, for some backup. How many know Jesus is our elder brother? We can call him when we get in the scrape. Come on. Anybody tired of the devil messing with you and messing with your stuff, family, finances, your freedom, your sense of um, security and safety? He's wreaking havoc on the mind at such a time as this. Now we've got somebody we can call on to jump in. What are you saying, Sister Bryce? I'm saying the roar of the lion is all it takes to strike fear in the animals who hear it. Come on, do y'all watch um, Discovery Channel? Come on, back in the day, it used to be Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom. See, I'm, 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 you know, I'm dating myself. That's all right. You got to be at least 45 years old to understand what I'm saying. Come on. Used to come on same night as the wonderful world of Disney. <laughs> Come on. 
<laughs> but the roar of the lion is so powerful, it causes paralysis in their prey. Um, many become absolutely stricken with fear to the point that they cannot move simply by the sound. It makes hunting easy for the lioness. So it is with the child of God. Satan can't stand a praising woman because praise is the way we call out to the Lord. Number one, thanking him for everything. And number two, telling him when we need him. It's our roar. It's our call. Letting him know, Lord, please, I need you right over here. Right over here. Satan can't stand a praising woman. Praise him. And see, let me throw this in for free too. See, many of us were so used to going to the sanctuary that we forgot God is not bound to one place. He's a God who moves. <laughs> yes, he can be found in the building. Sure, but he can be found in your house too. He can be found in nature. Why? Because the Bible says the heavens declare the glory of the Lord. He will not be pinned down <laughs> to satisfy your theology. He will not. He wants to know, will you praise me in the bad time? Will you praise me if you can't get to the building? Will you bless me in your living room? <laughs> will you praise me? When things don't look like they used to look. Will you just let out a roar? To let everybody know. To let the devil know. I will not be defeated. I am more than a conqueror. I got this. I will praise my way through. I will praise my way through. Women who move with God. We can't help but move. Because the God we serve is a God who moves. You remember in Genesis, don't you? Genesis chapter one. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And what happened? The spirit of God moved upon the face of the deep. He is a God who moves. He said, when I move, you move just like that. Move. In case you're getting stagnant, stationary, and stuck, God has a way of moving us, shifting us, making us pivot at a time like this. COVID-19 did not catch God off guard. Mm -mm, he's not surprised by any of this. He is still in control. And when will he move? <laughs> when he gets good and ready. I'm trusting God and I'm moving with him. Women who move with God, we know that if it had not been for the Lord who was on our side, we would be toe up from the flow up. Worse than, uh, it's bad now, but things for us could be worse. Listen, we don't mind making a joyful noise unto the Lord to let out a call, a cry, a roar to let the Lord know I'm on your side and to let the enemy know you are defeated. We are the ones who roar and make our praise glorious unto the Lord. We will strike fear in the heart of the enemy by just putting our hands up and blessing God. Putting our hands on our hips, throwing our head back and telling the Lord, thank you because you brought me from a mighty long way. I will not forget. 
Even though things are bad, I will still praise you. Even though I'm not sure if I'm going to have a job, even though I'm not sure if, if the economy is going to stand up, I'm not sure about COVID-19, but I am sure that he who holds the future, he also holds my hand. I will not allow the enemy to wreak havoc on my mind. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praises shall continually be in my mouth. The Bible said, I called unto the Lord and he delivered me out of a horrible pit. Call him. Tell yourself, call him. Now tell your sister, call him. I'm having a great time today. Now, we've seen... Women who move with God, number one, they trust in God because he can be trusted. He cares because he's always thinking of us. See, <laughs> reminds me of that old Willie Nelson song back in 1982. He had a song called, called You Are Always On My Mind. You are always on my mind. Now, listen to these lyrics, though. I wrote these lyrics down. It said, maybe I didn't love you quite as often as I could have. And maybe I didn't treat you, what did it say, quite as good as I should have. <laughs> if I made you feel second best, girl, I'm sorry I was blind. You were always on my mind. You were always on my mind. Now, see, that, that's a man. Now, that's a man. Didn't treat you right. Could have done so much better. But talking about the soulless is, you were always on my mind. The devil is a liar. If you're all... <laughs> <laughs> if I'm always on your mind, God shows us what that looks like. Back in verse 11, I know the thoughts that I think toward you. You're always on my mind, said the Lord. Thoughts of peace, not confusion, and not of evil, to give you an expected end. God says you're always on my mind. And as a result of that, I'm going to take care of you. Aren't you glad God takes care of us? Come on. So we have seen women who move with God trust in God. We have seen women who move with God. They call on God. They roar. Just throw your head back and roar, striking fear into the enemy. Now we come to point number three. Women who move with God search for God. They search for him. Look at verse 13. And ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. <laughs> Come on here. The Bible says, ask and it shall be given. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and the door will be open to you. Seeking requires diligent effort. When one is seeking, one is serious. Anyone who's ever lost their car keys on their way to work knows... <laughs> We take that thing serious. We will turn the whole house upside down till we find them keys. Come on. <laughs> and there's Bible precedent for that. Lose a, a, a pearl of great price. You're going to sweep the whole house. Sweep it clean till you find what you're looking for. It's seeking is serious. Hosea 10 and 12 says, it is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness on you. Tell yourself, seek him 
Amos 5 and 4 says, Seek ye me and ye shall live till yourself seek him. Second Chronicles 7, 14. And this is most appropriate for the times in which we live. If my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray and do what? Seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Tell your neighbor, seek him. Now tell yourself, seek him. Psalm 27 and 8. When thou saidest, seek my face. My heart said, thy face, Lord, will I seek. We've seen it in this lesson that women who move with God, first, they trust in him because he can be trusted. We already said folk won't mean to let you down, but sometimes it will happen. But never will the Lord let you down. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He can be trusted. Women who move with God call on God. They roar out unto him in times of plenty and in time of famine. They still worship a worthy God. And thirdly, women who move with God, they search for him diligently, even at a time of COVID-19, this global pandemic. Search for him on your face if you have to. Worshiping him while prostrate on the floor. Honey, it's been plenty of days like that for me. Seeking him. Calling upon him while he may be found. Seek him with your whole heart. He wants you to find him. He wants you to knock. He wants you to seek. He wants you to find him. He wants you to do that. What's the souvenir tonight, Sister Bryce? The souvenir is this, 2 Chronicles 7, 14. If my people, come on, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then, says the Lord, will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. We need God to heal this land. Starting with the land of our own stony hearts. And then moving outward into concentric circles, healing our neighborhoods. Come on, healing our cities. Come on, healing our states. Come on, healing the nation. Come on, healing the world. But there's a recipe. We've got to humble ourselves and pray. Seek him. Turn. Then will he hear. Then will he forgive. And then will he heal. But it's all because we have determined to be women moving with God. God bless y'all. I will see you again next week. Be blessed. Yes, sir.